Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Billy Watson TV. It gives me great pleasure to have a returning guest on. It's the wonderful David Vance all the way from Northern Ireland. How are you doing tonight, David? Hi, hi Billy. It's great to be back with you. Thank you so much for uh, uh, inviting me back for the second time. Round two, so to speak. So, every, you know, things are fine, Billy. Things are fine. The, the, sun, <laughs> the, the, sun, the sun was shining earlier. It's as good as it probably gets here. So yeah, I'm 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 good. How about you? Oh, I don't know. You say things are fine, but you know, I've just been listening to some of your um, podcast uh, podcasts, and <laughs> if the pure things aren't fine, <laughs> basically, I'm the living manifestation of you know the meme. This is fine meme. I'm yeah, I'm, the dog, I'm the dog sitting. This is fine, and everywhere around me, it's the apocalypse. Yeah. Well, it's good to try and have a positive mental attitude through all the chaos that's unfolding mainly through our media screens you know in the actual real world around us you know you've probably not seen a lot of violence and chaos but you know we're all getting fed this stuff and these leaders are up to shenanigans <laughs> well 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 you know you know sometimes i think billy you see if we just literally never watched tv and literally never bought a newspaper and never went online our lives would be Higher quality lives, I think. Oh, well, just remember the eighties. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. life is simple. I watch those videos, you know, and just think, just in the eighties, like Liverpool in Europe or whatever, and you see the fans and the interviews and whatever in the street, you know, and yeah. it's just like, just people are real social animals as well. We could talk to each other. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we are, we are. Well, that, that's why I think one of the first things that they did back in 2020, you know, the lockdown, that, that was part of the anti-human agenda because, Billy, we are very sociable creatures, you know, humans. We love to be together. E even even the sort of the, the most shy people, they still prosper better in the company of other people, I think, you know. So, no doubt um, about it. I mean, it's yeah. well-documented loneliness and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, can, it's very, very detrimental, you know. Leading lead, lead to suicides, you know, it's and obviously the amount of mental health, especially in the young people, especially because of exactly what their illustrious leaders forced us apparently to do, is outrageous. And again, that's another thing nobody's talking about that much, you know. Obviously, the no vaccine injured the government are bypassing that, but the whole whole shebang of what's happened because of that's getting brushed over, you know. But we're sending missiles to Ukraine, so that's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as we just send as much money and weaponry as possible to Zelensky, <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna make uh, life so much better. For, uh, for, I'm not sure who actually. Not not <laughs> you, not me, not anybody watching this. But uh, <laughs> for the, I think for the warmongers, it probably uh, a bit like with Billy. You remember during COVID as well with the the PPP and all that nonsense. You know, there was people made fortunes out of that. Oh yeah. Your ones. yeah, and and and, and similarly. You know, no one ever asked the question, Billy, like, oh, you see all these missiles that we're going to send there, the stuff we have been sending, somebody's manufacturing that. So these sort of munitions companies, they're doing extremely well on oh, yeah. the back of dead Ukrainians and dead Russians. Well, they don't want the war to end, do they? Because it's a big money pot for them. Can Everyone's thrown money into the black hole of Ukraine right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, the, the, a hot war in Central Europe is really good for business, unless you are a Ukrainian or Russian, and then it's not so good. But hey, let's not worry about that. <laughs> that's just collateral. But, yeah, it's collateral. Yeah, collateral damage. You're dead right, Billy. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's just disgraceful. As you see, warmongers, there's 
you know, all the chaos and that's happened just now, and people, you know, going through all kinds of hell on the street, and there's Rishi on TV shaking hands with Zelensky or whatever, and promising to send missiles, and as if this is a good thing, you know, and as if war's all right, you know, as if, you know, this whole thing that war's always been there, and we're always going to have wars, and we have a defence thing, and we have these missiles, and it's all good, oh, you know, just that, you know, how the, the subliminal message is that, you know, without saying it, you know. Well, I mean, it was a, it was a it was a bromance, wasn't it, when him and Zelensky got together? Oh, I mean, I mean, it's a bit you know, like that line. You know, is that a missile in your pocket? Or are you glad to see me? <laughs> the, the look, it was disgusting, awful, oh. grim, embarrassing. But then that's what I expect from British prime ministers. That's what they specialize in being that. But you know, when when you saw all that carefully crafted theatre, you know, that they did yesterday for the Zelensky visit. Um, and, and it, you know, it shows you, Billy, that they, they, they're still very good at crafting message, sending message out, and a lot of normies. Just, just this, is, this is the problem. Well, again, it goes back to the whole, if everyone switched their TV off, you know, mm. that wouldn't have that influence. Because I think they realised a long time ago, you call them NPCs or whatever, there's a lot of people who don't have a conscious thinking part of their mind, you know, mm. and they're just like a robot. So you repeat a message, and they're too... You know, busy or whatever, or I wouldn't say lazy. A lot of people work hard, you know, in their day, day job, but they don't have the impetus to then go and research behind the news because they still believe that's real. How they can possibly believe it's real after what's just enacted, and how they can still think, you know, the vaccines were a genuine thing, and why people are up and you know uproar over that is beyond me. <laughs> well, it's it's. It, I'll tell you why I think it is. It's my producer Jed. He he tells me this. His theory is that. A lot of, you know, hardworking men and women, they go out first thing in the morning, they do their job, they come home, they slump in front of the TV. They, you know, they're, 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 they're just physically fatigued and all of that, Billy. They're just looking at a bit of escapism. They'll watch, watch some soap. They'll maybe catch the news and then they're off to bed. Repeat, repeat, repeat. And, and there's, that's not to blame those people. They're... You know, well, it's a working class culture. I mean, yeah, these people have been attacked as well. I mean, there's a guy, uh, Chris, I forget his second name, he's kind of he got he was doing a show at Soho about working classness and his, how he forgave his dad's murderer. And basically, because it mentioned something to do with the Holocaust or something referring to the Rothschilds being yeah. having so much money in control of the world, he, he done this poem. And basically, that was part of the show. And Soho Theatre had to remove it because the orders from above, they loved it. They'd done four nights originally, wanting to extend it. Anyway, this guy's point was basically about working class culture and our way of life, our jokes, our like, <laughs> the comedy anymore because of this woke bullshit. I'm a, I, you know, and him as well. It doesn't mean to say we're idiots because we're working class. We can have, talk in our own language and our own yeah. kind of pattern, it's our culture. Yeah, they're, they're they're wanting to raise that as well, and it's like it's not not for debate, you know, with this wokeness. So oh, yeah. it's offensive yeah. now, but you know, to me, the best humor is offensive in a, a way, you know. Oh yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? So again, that's a very big thing that nobody really talks about. And when he, it's a good interview done with the guys from Trigonometry. It's worth watching. He gets quite emotional during it, and yeah, it really highlighted that point to me. It's something mm-hmm. that doesn't get talked about much either. No, no, no. I mean, th- things like humour as well, working class humour. It's always been the mainstay of being British, exactly. Being yeah. British, being our, you know, yeah. I've always. I mean, I mean, even the stuff that I do, Billy, the the podcast and stuff. I, tr- I try to find the humorous side in things yeah. because because I know that people 
can't relate to unrelenting gloom. <laughs> it's not a good look, you know. So, so you try to add a bit of wit if you can in, and a yeah. bit of banter if you yeah. can as well, because that, that's what people, people, ordinary people relate to. Well, you, you want to keep it real as well. You're not trying to be high and mighty. Well, certainly my shows, you know, I keep it real. People say people don't watch you probably because you swear too much or whatever, but, you know, I swear because... I hear that as well. You know, these murdering bastards, you know, and you're not allowed to call them that. You know, it's just like unbelievable. Yeah, but you're not, that's the whole point, though. You're not allowed to call them for what they are or you're demonized. You know, know, people like you, I think, Billy, and other people like Abby Roberts. I mean, she's pretty, Abby's pretty good at telling it like it is as well. I I love all of that. And it's funny because it hits a, it triggers a a, a thing inside. And, you know, that's real. Whereas, So many of the so-called comedians, they're fake. I mean, everything about them is fake. Oh God! All the comedians, the comedians, Billy, they're all fake. And yep. it didn't. It wasn't always like that. I, I'm old enough to remember a time when it wasn't like that, but it is like that now. Well, I've interviewed um, a couple of them who were on Big and Apollo in the past, Steve Hughes and Tom Stade, and basically. You know, they can't get gigs in that because it's, these TV producers, they all work the demographics now. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're, you've been in the industry so long and you've proved your worth in the circuit or whatever. Yeah. It's like you're in the industry six months, oh, he's an Asian, lesbian, you know, whatever. Get them on. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, but that's the thing from talking to other people, Billy, I've talked to other comedians as well, and they, they said to me that when it comes to, like, TV, British TV, and the comedy circuit that you get in TV, I mean, it's everyone's selected in that. Oh, yeah. Everything's controlled. Totally. It's completely uh, artificial. Yeah. And, and that's why it's not funny, because exactly. they, they can't say stuff that you'd come out with that, <laughs> that we'd laugh at because we'd go, yeah, that's right. You know, whereas these people, I mean, they'll make jokes. I'd, I'd like to see someone make jokes about Zelensky. I'd <laughs> like to make people make jokes about COVID-19. <laughs> I'd love that. But uh, here's, but a, here's a joke I had. Uh, I was doing it at a festival. Uh, down in Dorset because I can't get gigs in Scotland these days I'm totally barred from Scotland but I got one in Derby at Comcast and, and then a festival guys that rise above will give them a shout out I had a thing called Equinox so I've done this bit that um, Humza you know yeah. I hate, basically I hate these leaders like Rishi and Humza who we didn't actually vote for but no. now all of a sudden you know that's yeah. going into their ethnic background and their religion etc yeah. but um, you know so anyway he made this speech before he became first minister magically um, and he went through the head of police, white, this guy, white, him, white, 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 you know, it's yeah. anything more racist. <coughs> yeah. But anyway, so that says, you know, when Scotland beat Spain 2 0, and SNP were trying to take some glory for Scotland's football team. I was like, yeah, right after Humza's speech, he's trying to change the national anthem to and basically slide the family stone song, Don't Call Me Nigger Whitey. <laughs> and basically, you know, I thought it was funny, but people did laugh. But some people, you know, oh, he, he said that word even at this festival, really cool people, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had to, I had to elaborate again. It's the context. I actually said that word again in an African restaurant, but I was making the point. You know, it's not the word; it's the context in which you say things. You know, and oh, people- oh, it is. I mean, I'll tell, I'll tell, I'll tell you one thing. I'm very strong on this one. Um, I, but you know, yes, context matters, Billy. It totally matters, and in actual fact. Um, my favorite song can no longer be sung, cannot be played on radio, and even worst of all, the author, uh, the writer, can't sing it. The song's called Oliver's Army by oh, Elvis Costello. Hi, 
on it, there's there there there's a line in that song which uh, is a really clever line. It's a it's a it was written when he visited Belfast back in '78, and he saw the whole thing with the soldiers, British soldiers, and all of that, and uh, the whole scenario that we had back then. I remember it well, and um, uh, and and he, so and, 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 he re- and he referenced this in a particular way, a slang term for basically Catholics. And it's in the song. It's a pop so, song with a great melody and all that. Well, it says Finian or something. It, it says, what, what, um, what, what was it? Is uh, the lyric is only only takes an inch of trigger, one more widow, one less white. Okay, right. That's okay. what it says. Right. And, and Elvis has been singing that since well, since it became a, a huge hit in 1979. He ah. doesn't sing it anymore, and that bothers the hell out of me. And while I'm at it, another song that I love. Fairy Tale of New York City. I was a huge Kirsty. Well, actually, a fan of Kirsty McCall and the Pogues. Yeah. Again, again they're they're playing. They're removing. What the, was the line? You 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 fag or something? You scum. You scumbag. You, you cheap like my lousy faggot. Happy oh. Christmas, my horse. I pray oh. God it's her last. Okay, honestly, what the fuck? You know, please, for the love of God, these are just words, expressions. You know, a, a, a black guy in, in America, Brooklyn, whatever, he can say nigger to the cows come home, and that's all right, you know? Yeah, but we, we can't say these words. And, and and actually, Billy, it even goes back longer. I mean, it, they're they're trying to sweep it back but, right through history. Shakespeare, parts of Shakespeare aren't acceptable. Well, they, they, were try, they were trying to ban a book as well recently. Um, they were trying to change a book, you know, why... And there's like a classic book. You can't remember oh, yeah. the exact one. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> because books are written in the time. You know, well, just Elvis Costello was using the language of 1978. Yeah, would we use that now? We probably wouldn't, but it doesn't matter. Oh, it was written then, and it's oh, valid. And yeah. the fairy tale was written in 1987. It's yeah. valid, but, yeah, but, but who, who's deciding these things are right or wrong? You know, that's what I mean. You know, you're saying that this is in the time. Who decides the time? What, Who's the arbitrator of all this? You know, shouldn't we got freedom and we express ourselves? And no, we don't. No, we don't. But in the real world, you know, you you face a con. If there wasn't a police force in the state, then people have to be a lot more responsible because if you offend somebody, you know, some guy's going to punch you in the mouth, kind of thing. You know. Yeah. So there's, the the law kind of sets up these things you can and can't do, but it's all mind control. You know. Well, that, that's what we're living through mind control times, Billy. Everything we do is about them trying to tell to put barriers around us things that you mustn't think about yep. wrong think all i mean for example in ireland uh, just you know fyi they've introduced this new kind of hate law it's uh-huh. I'm, I'm sure you said and it's shocking it basically gives it actually get introduced because i knew they were protesting about it no, no, I, I, I'm not sure if the Irish president O'Higgins has sealed it off, uh, signed it off yet, but he definitely will. It will become law. Is this in Northern Ireland or Southern Ireland? No, Southern Ireland. So oh, sad. So, so a lot of my good friends down in Southern Ireland, yeah. uh, and some of them are quite edgy. Well, I wouldn't say they're edgy. They're, they're just like us. They're people like you and me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if, so if they write things yeah. critical of the state, it basically huh? could be anything. Uh-huh. Please come to your door yeah. and the way this one works is uh, you have to prove that it wasn't hateful. Well, that could be very difficult. Uh, well, that's not, we'll have to innocent until proven guilty. And basically, again, the hate speech laws, that's basically anything. This, hmm. we're facing complete evil, taking a complete, you know, after COVID bullshit, they came completely out of the, okay, we're here. 
and it just went full steam ahead. And people really, can the average Joe on the street, the street that just comes home and watches TV, better take his head out his arse pretty soon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's really, really complete evil. This is outrageous. You know, I, I, I can't even... Oh, it's... <laughs> I, I, I think they're using Ireland as a template. Well, as a... Hums have tried to introduce him. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Hums have tried it. That's right. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty damn sure Scotland will get oh. it. I'm sure Wales will get it. And then finally, maybe England. I think that's where it's going. Well, again, the part of the whole mass immigration stuff that's happening, again, there's various reasons for it. But that's, you can't be racist, you know, have to, because one, if people, if these tensions start to rise and rise and more and more people coming in and people start to complain, they don't want to shut that down like they're shutting COVID arguments down yeah. on, on Twitter. It's exactly, exactly the same. Yeah. 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 The, basically, it's just like, the, it's one of the great ironies in life is that. You know, we left the USSR behind us back in 1990. But actually, the West has reinvented itself as well, the Soviet Union. I think there's an infiltration, basically, of Russia and China and cahoots. And if one basically, won yeah. the Turkish thing, that's Muslim kind of power. There's a lot of Muslims and stuff, and they've looked at a lot of English culture and stuff. Well, they're praying in the streets, but there's a woman praying in silence outside an abortion clinic, and she gets arrested, you know? I interviewed her, yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. again, our two leaders and prime ministers, first minister, mayor of London, and, you know, it's, it's basically a takeover, I think, and TikTok and all these things coming in. I think the WF is communism, basically. The state's owning everything, and we're all going yeah. to work for the state, and it's going to be AI running everything, and the ones that are left, they're going to be Ottomans. Yeah, I mean, you're not painting a very optimistic future, it has to be said here, you know, but I think you're right. I mean, that particular lady that was arrested down in, it was in Birmingham, because uh, as I say, I had her on with me, we did an interview, and the, the bit that really got me was that if you remember in that particular case, um, she was silently standing outside, on the other side of the street from an abortion clinic, yeah. and uh, the police officer asked her, uh, what are you doing? And she said she was silently praying. And that was enough for him to decide to take her down the station. <laughs> silently praying. So actually, Billy, if you think about that, that is George Orwell's yep. um, 1984 in, in full action. Yep. But again, they're not hiding it these days. The police are no, fascist in our face. It's fucking ridiculous. Yep. You know, they're just like they're protect, protecting all the immigrants or the LGB2 or whatever the, the agenda is. 100 yeah. percent and people are questioning about this, you know, like the guy was trying to the God save the uh, you know, not my king signs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's getting arrested and it's just like shut up, these are going away. What freedom of speech? No, it's not happening. You well, know? we saw we saw that up in Scotland, didn't we? We saw that in Edinburgh. You remember when, <laughs> when they were going up the uh yeah, the, the 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 Royal Mile there and somebody shouted out and there was about you know, a million coppers jumped on him. Meanwhile, it's not actually the public could do it. This is what Oh, well, it might have been as well. Yeah, the, they yeah, started. Yeah. They pulled them back. Then the police talked to them. Yeah, but there's a nonce. Yeah, but but the thing is, like you know, the police have changed so much since Robert Peel set them up that I now see them as fundamentally uh, accessories to being enemies of the state. It's tragic. One hundred percent. I mean, here's the thing: in Scotland, probably in parts of Ireland as well. The culture used to look after itself. 
and here's what the police done. They introduced heroin into places like Kilmarnock and Ayrshire and all these, because they didn't allow the police in. They all looked after each other. As soon as people get into heroin, they start stealing. There's a crime. People for the police. They're in. And that was basically what happened. There's a lot of cultures taken over by that way. And here's something else I watched the other day about Hillsborough, that that was actually planned. Somebody's trying to attack me. I don't know how that's coming through on Facebook. Yeah, it's weird, yeah. Okay, Jess, I'll look into that one. Don't worry about that, David. Aye, so so. Uh, what was I saying? Aye, Hillsborough. You know, if you look at, I'll send you this link to this documentary. Hillsborough, the ripple effect. If anyone wants to watch it, the police organised that. So Rupert Murdoch, he was having Sky, and it was failing, and he's seen opportunity with football. It was football hooliganism after high school and stuff like that. Yeah, and they wanted to change the culture, so they had these guys who made plastic seats for stadiums and made all seater stadiums. They got in cahoots with Maggie Thatcher in the crowd. Basically, the police waited, made the Liverpool fans hold back on purpose. I had all the ambulances planned, ready, waiting in a queue for them, and caused the Hillsborough thing intentionally so to revitalise football and betting companies came in through Rupert Murdoch's connections, bought all the stadium. He went with Sky and that launched Sky in the Premier League and everything. There's all seater stadium. You lost the spirit of West Ham and Highbury and all these places. Yeah. And uh, that looking at that as mental. <laughs> well, one of the things I've learned is whenever you get any of these big events, yeah. like that, Hillsborough and yeah. many other ones, once you start to peel beneath the, the, the exterior, you uh, discover that they, they pretty much have have one thing in, in common. And that is that to one way or another, somebody's orchestrating and it's never it's never the way the media. T- I mean, yeah. this for me, Billy, is the big lesson coming out of out of COVID. Uh, for people like me, maybe sort of who would have been more normie before that, can't say I'm normie anymore, right? Um, but you know, the, if, if anyone is still believing the media in 2023, they are either certifiably insane or <laughs> or institutionally stupid. Choose a side. That's what they are because that we know that they've lied, 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 lied. So then, as I put out in a podcast uh, today, Billy, about, you know, if you think they've lied to you over, like, Ukraine, say, which they have done and okay. still are, outrageously okay. so, well, do you think that's the first war they've ever lied about? Okay. Or do you think, oh, that's what they've been doing throughout history? And, of course, you know, that's what they okay. have been doing throughout history. Yeah. Bankers' wars, basically, in the whole military-industrial complex needs to... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but the thing is that you know, in this age of the internet, where you and I can chat like this, and you know, we've got we've got different ways of getting stuff out. That was not as possible back maybe seventy years ago or hundred years ago. So you know, they got away with their World War One, with the World War Two scenarios. Um, I think they kind of got away with the 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 kind of those North African. Uh, wars, you know, Syria, Libya, all of that, sort of, but it's it's run into more and more difficulties because of this. Um, we can chirp up and say, "No, oh, hang on a second, that doesn't seem right," you know. And so we, can, <laughs> yeah, you know. So, so, so like, and in one way, I'm thankful for new media uh, outside of the private, the mainstream, because at least we can, you know, as you said, you yeah. can have documentaries in Hillsborough, you can have documentaries in 9 11, mm-hmm. you can talk about uh, JFK, you can talk all this stuff. One of my favorite ones, I did a thing on the, on the Titanic, which is 
very, very credible with, with uh, uh, the author, John Hamer. And it was really good because quite obviously the story that we got in 1912 was just like what we're getting now. Yeah. It was it was um, it was theater. It was staged. And uh, yeah, people got, you know, people were manipulated. And I guess, Billy, what we have to do and the stuff that we're doing is try and point out the manipulations so people can critically reason for themselves. Well, that's what I try and do. You just try and talk about things that you've kind of picked up and hopefully people will go and research themselves because yeah. you can't, you know, people have to go and spend the time. That's what they don't do. And obviously the Titanic's quite an interesting one from Belfast. Yeah. You you had all the pride of launching the Titanic, and then you obviously know about the sister ship. What was the name of that one? Uh, the uh, there's the Titanic, and the sister ship was the uh, uh, Olympic, and oh. it was the it was the Olympic that went down exactly. because it had, been, it had been damaged. And but, do, you, do you know the funny thing is, Billy? Back in 2011, 2011 I stood for Parliament mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in East Belfast. And yeah. I, I was asked this in East Belfast, and um, I remember I remember it well. And I can remember campaigning, you know, going out canvassing in all the little side streets all around the shipyard, which is in East Belfast, Harlan and Wolf, you'll know. Yeah. And and you know, I you could you could only but imagine what it must have been like back in 1912 when you had that massive ship being built, huge shipyard, all these little working class streets full of, you know, the, the guys working in the shipyard. And you can understand, for example, as John Hamer pointed out to me, that uh, the bosses in charge of the shipyard could make it pretty damn obvious that anyone who speaks out about anything you've seen going on, like when they switched the, the identity... Um, you'll never work. You'll never work again. Well, back in 1912, that was the end of your life. So there right. wasn't, you know. So they can control stuff now. Now, if that was now, you can set up an anonymous account somewhere and you know put it out there. And at least there's some chance of getting truth out. So, so I think we can get more truth out now, Billy. But I also think there's a lot of lies going out as well. And we have, you know, you have to do your best to try and challenge it when you say it. Yeah, well, it's very much a double-edged sword, but really, I mean, you have to kind of think about where we are and the whole bigger picture of things, you know? Like, mm. what, where is humanity? People, something, the whole evolution, the Darwin theory and stuff, I'm not of that belief, but then what, what does that mean? Like, were we created? Who created us? Yeah. You know, are we a hybrid race? Do we actually belong here? Some people say go back to nature and be living in the caves, but are we capable of that? You know, no. are we are we programmed to go through these ages as, as you know, beings and other entities controlling this? Do we have a say in the outcome? You know, it's... well, I'll tell you, Billy. When when I see much of modern humanity at the moment, rather than evolution, I think we're devolving. Yeah. I, I I have a theory that we are well on our way going backwards. When I see, you know, because you know, people even a hundred years ago, people were people were better. Yeah. I, you know, see the Victorians. The Victorians were better than 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 we are. How can that be? If evolution is all that they say, How, you know, well, so maybe evolution as well. Look, the Victorians didn't think up. You know, they couldn't do uh, uh, coding and they couldn't do this kind of stuff. But they've left stuff that will long endure long after we've all gone. So, I, I, have you ever looked at any of the stuff about the call about great resets and stuff like that? And these good mm-hmm. shows, and you know, I mean, to me, there has been resets in the past, you know, and there's a whole story with the orphan children, you know, where did they all come from? 
and again, was that just to populate the earth? And then these people with their nefarious plans, you know, they had to create a culture in the industrial revolution to get their planes built or whatever they need. And, mm. you know, they've been using us and now they've got the robots and the AI, so are we less needed than well, we get a resource, you know? I'll, t- I'll tell you, Billy, I did a thing last night with Naomi Wolf, you know, Dr. Naomi Wolf. Yeah, listen to that. Yeah, and there was one thing, there was several things she, she said was really good, but one thing she said was, are they trying to get to the point where you don't need women anymore? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was interesting, yeah. And I thought, I was thinking about that today, you know, I was thinking, well, I think probably, yeah. The one like Brave New World, Aldous Huxley, they were yeah. getting born, in, and that's when you see the pictures in the fairgrounds and just after the reset there was like incubators growing human babies and stuff you know so mm-hmm. I think they've got that technology and the, the, again the, I think they're men that they're growing babies you know with test tubes and all the rest of it so whatever they don't need male and female so that's where the whole story yeah that's right yeah you know, androgynous fucking sexless yeah. being they want to sexless basically if they want to see it at all just to be a drone a servant of them I think you're right. I think that's it. That's why it's a complete attack on humanity. It 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 really really is. At every all you see all this gender war stuff. I mean that's that's one front of it, the gender war. But then what bothers me about that is, I mean I keep being sent stuff by people, which is fine. Like, but examples of, I mean, see in the schools. The amount of propaganda going into impressionable young minds. It's, it's evil, man. It's fucking and outrageous. It's it just is. how you, like I've seen a couple of parents and they're doing it in uh, where was it? Oh, somewhere recently. They're going in these libraries in England, and then the kids section they're reading pornography off the kids' yeah, shelf. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're like, teaching kids how to have anal sex and all the rest of it. And it's yeah. just like, what the fuck yeah. is actually going on? Where's the godliness? Do you know what I mean? We used to have some idea of Christianity in Britain, or whatever. Any culture is supposed to have a degree of wholesomeness. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's not anything goes, Alistair Crowley, do it at will, it doesn't matter. You know, there's no boundaries anymore. So people coming out of the womb are fucking looking, you know. I, 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 see, it, I see it as Satanism. I yeah. see it as Satanism. And, 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 but, but here's the bit, here's the kicker on this one. Like, for them to get this stuff into the schools, and, or into the libraries or whatever, wherever it goes. Like, like adults have to approve that. People in places of authority have to approve that. And what I wonder is, what sort of gate, gatekeepers are there in, in our schools, Billy said? What oh. sort of people are there up there at governor level, principal level? Well, what are they? Yeah, they're all famous on like basically ritualistic, you know, oh, yeah. society cunts. Because <laughs> that's, what, that's what they're doing. You know, there's, you're right, it's a gatekeeper at the top. Of, it's a pyramid structure in every organisation, you know, but they'll have their key ones down the line and the rest yeah. of them will be collecting the wage. You know, all the nurses and that, they know what's going on with regard to the jabs that they're giving out, exactly. but they need the money. So they're just switching mm. off their conscience, you know, and then that's being satanic. You know, they're joining the club, you know. Well, yeah, because there's, there's no compromise. I mean, there are no compromises in some of these things. You can't compromise on on all this sort of gender um, ideology with kids. It, it's just oh, completely exactly. wrong. Yeah, that's that's that was a line in the sand if ever there was one. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you take you take Scotland under well previously Queen Nicola and now under Humza. Yeah. Uh, again, a, a complete assault. On, on 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 well on kids 
on on women. It, it's it's I I can't believe I said this the last time I was on with you. But I, I I can't believe that a country that I thought was really grounded like Scotland was maybe it's totally not now. Or certainly certainly the political elite. Maybe maybe it's unfair to you know lambast the whole country. But somebody's approving all this stuff in Scottish schools. It's Somebody, an agenda. <laughs> it's a long-planned agenda, and these mm. people. I mean, Nicola Sturgeon. She, I've been interviewing somebody recently, um, Sarah Salyers, who's part of something called Salvo.Scot, and she, I've been learning a lot about the real history of Scotland and the Union, and how basically England just took over us and treated us as a colony ever since. Yeah, and all this history is coming to light, and the SNP and Nicola must be aware of it at some point down the line, and they're keeping it buried, you know, and they're not wanting independence. It's, it's Scottish National Party, and they're talking about we've got to eradicate poverty. Scotland, the way our laws and stuff used to work is an ideal model, because the government and the crown were the people, and we had the power to sack the government at any time if they weren't serving the people's needs. And it was an old great way of being, and that had to be destroyed, but if we could bring that back, it yeah. could be like an example for the rest of the world. And we have the power to do that because if you actually look at the history and the fraud that's been committed, the contract's broken and it was never, yeah. you know, we yeah. got get yeah. frauds in there. Yeah. So why isn't Humza bringing that to the fore- forefront if he really wants independence, you know? And that went to an independence rally. There's 20,000 people there the other, the other day. And Alex Salmond was there and a couple of other ones. And Alex Salmond's doing quite a good job these days. So given his due, the Alba party is talking independence quite heavily, but Sarah Salyers was way down the list of this thing. It was a big downpour, and there was only about 50 people got to hear her. And that's actually left that time. I was going to gig that night. And that should be front and centre. People should know our history, you know? Because yeah. people that don't know their history, you know, they're lost. And but, we have, we've lost our culture. The same with the Irish, the whole famine and stuff like that, you know, famine. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that, that's right. I mean, you know, but, but, but it's funny how things can be erased so quickly. I mean... I was looking at a story there, Billy. I put it up earlier on on my Twitter. I'll probably do a podcast on it. And that is on like on the little Irish village of Clonus, which is where you remember Barry McGuigan, the boxer. He he was the Clonus Cyclone. They called him Barry McGuigan, the Clonus Cyclone. Uh-huh. And uh, it's a wee village in West Monaghan. Uh, there's less than a couple of thousand people. It's a small village. But anyway, I saw a headline today that said fifty fifty percent of the population was migrants yeah. uh, and they were complaining about the fact they didn't have enough investment. But, but, but Billy, here's the thing. If, if, if 50% of your replacement of your population is, is migrant, you're not Irish anymore. You're, you're, you're losing everything. And, and all you're bitching about is I'm not getting enough funds from government. No, your problem is that your culture's being erased in your face. And you're getting it wrong. You're not. You're not seeing it right. You know, and and that's going to be the same in Scotland, England, and Wales until a lesser degree, maybe up where I live. But still, still in broad principle, the same. I don't know. I think maybe I don't know. If people pay attention, but the Irish thing certainly seems to be coming to the boil because you know it's outrageous what's happening there. Yeah. You know, so-called leaders are absolute traitors. You know, and it's part of I don't know something called the Caligari plan or something like that. Yes, the Caligari plan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, these guys are enacting that. It's just unbelievable. People of Ireland should be totally 100% can stop and down in tools until getting those people out of Parliament for a start. 
And yeah. Gets... <laughs> the thing is, if you pick a small, if you pick in a small country like Ireland or even Scotland for that matter, yeah. you know, like it's different if you pick in England where there's about what 50, 60 million. So yeah. that, that's harder to change. But you can change a country like Ireland in a decade yeah. and in such a way, Billy, that it never reverts to what it was. It's changed forever. Yeah. And, and and that's what they're doing, I think, with, with Ireland. Ireland, actually, at the moment, is the epicenter of so many evils. You've got Big Pharma headquartered in Dublin, Big Tech headquartered in Dublin, hate speech laws that we've talked about, um, massive levels of uh, immigration, media completely tamed, completely bought. Politicians who are almost universally all absolute scum. And that's how the Irish people are sold into captivity. But some of them don't say it. Yeah, it's pretty, it's just unbelievable. I mean, again, the it's not just the fact that there are migrants coming in. I, I think, you know, again, I lived in Turkey for 12 years. People do have, they can move around. And, yeah. But when it's done with an agenda to you know change society, whatever, that's a whole other ballgame. But it's not just bringing anyone in. A lot of these, I mean, the rapes and the murders and the kind of violence and the insanity. Yeah. Yeah. These people, I mean, that's fucking, I, I'm, <laughs> what can you say about that? <laughs> there, there, there are housing estates in West Dublin where you can't get like a Tesco delivery to your house because the estates are too dangerous. They've got um, Somali gangs and such lot, such wow. lot. Just like operating in them, so so they won't go there, and and, and and that's not just Dublin anymore. That can that problem has yeah. spread down to Cork over oh, to Waterford, you know, every, gone across the country. Yeah. Um, very, very soon, Ireland will not be a place for the Irish, yeah, definitely. It's well, as you said, it's happened basically, and mm. again, now is the time, right today, to stop it and reverse it basically. And yeah. it's not going to happen basically. So, well, well. People talked about, you know, the fighting spirit of the Irish, right? It's kind of famous, you know, the fighting Irish and all that. And I wouldn't say that there's no fight left in them because I think there's some in yeah. some of them. But like at the moment, the the Irish government is categorizing, Billy, everyone who opposes this massive tsunami of immigrants right. um, as, as far-right extremists. Right. And the media repeat that. And the police are saying, yeah, we need to crack down on the far-right extremists. So yeah. loving your country and wanting it to stay Irish makes yeah. you a far-right extremist. As we are living in hell, basically, you know, Lucifer's world, the, the inversion, everything is inverted. Yeah, you know? it is, yeah. It's inversion, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Don't you think, once you understand inversion, like you see it everywhere. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it, it's all around us. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. Well, they always claim to make your life safer and better, but it's always doing the exact opposite. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I said. These these uh, these jobs are safe and effective. <laughs> well, actually, no, they were unsafe and uh, totally ineffective. Oh, it's always inversion. You know. Yeah. Let's 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 fight. Um, let's support Zelensky. He's fighting for democracy. <laughs> Inversion. Everything's inversion. Here's something that is a little bit strange, I find. Like, you get some people who are truthers or whatever, but to me, I'm not saying I know the truth out and see everything, right? But I see some things. To me, I see it all. To me, it's all bullshit. But some people will say that's bullshit. Like, the old vaccine damage, the poison does, it was bad. But then in the same breath, they'll say, well, I had COVID. Or, you know, you you can pass on a germ and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. people... Don't I think the vaccine damaged 
I've tried to talk to someone, but they don't seem to be too wanting to know. Like there is no virus, mate. You know, take it to that level, and then you'll have a lot of more right. And you know, you'll go full tit. You know, what we're sold a vaccine, and there's no need for any vaccines ever because they're all fucking poison. Because there's no virus. <laughs> there's no virus. That's no why virus. polio, autism, all these other things over the years. You know, they've been at this for a long time. And yeah, yeah, they have. Yeah, basically about 120 years of this we're into. Yeah. So there's a movie coming out. I'm actually interviewing the lady who's doing the narration for the trailer. I've interviewed her before, Kelly Brogan. And there's lots of people. It's called The End of COVID. Um, I've interviewed them before, but this guy, again, uh, Alex Zek, he's doing this movie and he's getting like 72 people and they're going to totally annihilate any. You know, just destroy the whole narrative of any kind of virus causing illness and going to this thing. Yeah. That's coming in the twentieth of June or something like that. But again, they'll put that information out there. It's solid gold. But because the WHO will not acknowledge it, you'll no. still get strikes on fucking YouTube if you if you. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't go near YouTube, but I'm on my my final strike, so I don't even bother broadcasting there at the moment to waste right. the time. But but yeah, I mean, the whole. Like, one of the things that amazed me is how could people see through at least some of the COVID stuff and then swallow the Ukraine stuff? I, yeah. I couldn't understand. Why, why would you? Why would you? Why would you? How can that happen? And maybe it's because people, I don't know, maybe so many people, maybe, Billy, the fact of the matter is that there's only a small number of us real critical thinkers who just won't be told and who will always say, well, you might say that, but I'm going to go away and think about it. Maybe yeah. and that's it. Maybe we're the twenty percent or whatever it is, and and that stays fixed regardless of what yeah. else changes. Yeah, I think that's that's what happens. You no, know, I don't know if you've looked into the, the reason possibly for these resets. Some people say Nibiru, and some of the people say bullshit in this one. You know, but hmm. um, there's a guy who I look at on the internet. Bedell, his name is, and he goes in a lot of stuff. I've heard other people talk about and how like there's a seven year period of tribulation coming up to the 2030 so the great reset is actually a reset but it's like evil's time is gone kind of thing and there's going to be a cleansing and mm-hmm. we'll kind of the ones that are left will get upgraded to where we can be conscious you know because to me as you say things have got downgraded and they're such a low level now how much fucking worse can it get you know if you look at san francisco and stuff like that there's people on the street Injecting heroin into their ass, you know. <laughs> I know, I know. San Francisco is a great example of as we descend into hell. I mean, yeah. I I always tell the story. I was there back in I think two thousand and five with my family, and uh, down Fisherman's Wharf. It was it was really quite nice. I mean, I would have loved to have been there in the nineteen seventies, but anyway, two thousand and five, I was there. Billy came yeah. back ten years later, twenty fifteen. Just my wife and I. I felt unsafe everywhere I went. Union Square, full of druggies, you know, inject, injecting themselves, as you say. And, and that was in the space of 10 years. And that was 2015. So that's almost 10 years ago now. And even even bloody Elon Musk comes out and says, I mean, I see I'm saying, yeah, it's a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. And who made it that? And that's... That's the developing trend, you know. The zombie apocalypse, yeah. apocalypse is quite popular. <laughs> with regard to this jab, you know, again, how are they getting away with this? There's so many people damaged now, it's evident, you know, and they've come out. Think of the whole propaganda all around the world for this. These, uh, Naomi was making the point they're mass murderers. 
And people yeah. just going along with their daily lives without questioning or like I've working in a factory. I've talked to one guy, he was quite listening, you know, people with an open yeah. mind. But in the main, nobody talks about anything real, you know what I mean? It's just like football is the whatever, you know. In the past yeah. used to have the common TV program to talk about, but now I don't think you have that. People just stare their phones at break time, you know? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. That, that, but that, that's exactly how fragmented we've become. There's not even the big TV program. But the problem is that the things that people do watch, you know, if it's some of the, like the Saturday night TV stuff, you know, it's absolute sheer brain damage stuff. <laughs> so you're better off not watching that. Uh, and maybe that's beginning to fade because I think it's a generational thing as well. Do you not find that like young people say 20 and under, like they're not watching any of that crap. They're on their phones. But they're on Netflix and stuff like that. If you go yeah. in there, there's an endless amount of shit in there as well, you know. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the new Cleopatra series, uh, on uh, Netflix is pretty 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 wild stuff. Uh, uh, I mean, there's a the, the good thing you can watch, but, you know, if you actually look in the main thing, you know, it's all propaganda. I mean, yeah. again, a lot of these things, I don't know how they make money. I think there's like these things get funded, you know what I mean, to put out the, the message. Cause, yeah, I think so, yeah. You know, yeah, that, yeah that, that, Billy, that's a great point you just made, though. I think a lot of this stuff... People say, well, how does it make money? You missed the point. It's not about making money. It's about push the narrative, a wee bit of predictive programming here and there. If they they do that, then they'll be taken, they'll be looked after, you know? It's a big catch there, isn't it? So people are switching off from the one channel one to four, channel five, and then all of a sudden the internet and Bobby. But yeah, too much choice has made everyone apathetic and basically we've lost the world yeah but but it's not really choice is it i mean i i I, I think i can flick through a couple of hundred channels and it's pretty much on tv anyway and it's all universal mediocrity yeah yeah if if i want choice i can go on the internet and yes i can go onto some of the platforms and i can see more interesting stuff but of course that might come to an end as well if you get people like ofcom wanting to control um sort of stuff that we put out yeah, I mean, Ofcom as well. So you got GB News and stuff like that, who, again, people like Matt Letizzi and Neil Oliver and stuff, they get a lot of kudos, but they can they don't go full no virus. And to me, no. people should be going, as far as that, if they're going vaccine damage and stuff, what is it stopping them talking about that? Yeah, but <laughs> I had to laugh. One of the, one of the uh, bookers for GB News uh, a lady whose name shall remain anonymous. She sent me a message saying, "Hey David, we'd love you to come on." <laughs> and then about two hours later, uh, I'm sorry, change of heart. So obviously she didn't quite realise who I was because, right. as you say, if anyone, I mean, if someone, if they, I'm not gonna gild the stuff that I believe yeah. just to suit me and spin maybe media. But that's believe why. I mean, I was booted off mainstream legacy media back in 2015 uh, because of my views on a whole range of topics. And I wasn't prepared to, I wasn't going to just, you know, do that, which I see so many people, some of them on our side doing, they want the media platform, so they'll hold back. Yeah. But that's wrong. I I don't want to hold back. I can't, I won't do it. Well, to me, they're they're still serving the, the, the system then, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the yeah, but the system rewards them and they oh, get on the profile. And we're the people exiled into bloody oblivion because we won't uh 
Uh, yeah, Noel Monkey says, bit shoot Rumble and Odyssey are good. Yeah, they are. I mean, I, you know, but, but my only worry would be that here in the UK anyway, I worry about Ofcom a lot because, as you said, they totally control GB News and that awful talk radio crap um, as well so, as... Here's one for you. I don't know if you've seen this one. Um, what was the guy's name? Tucker Carlson. Tucker, yeah. So um, there's a leaked, doc, a leaked video of some guy, I think he was from Pfizer, or the media, saying how Pfizer control uh, the media, and they'd done a deal with Fox News somehow, yeah. and part of the deal was getting rid of Tucker Carlson. Wouldn't, so, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me, would it surprise you? No. You, you, you know, I mean, the, the thing is that the, the monies that Big Pharma Sure, on across the piece. Well, it's sponsored by Pfizer. Then the fucking everyone these days, the Oscars sponsored by Pfizer. You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but all these, all these pop, you know, uh, posers like Pink, you know, Pink. He's <laughs> sponsored by Pfizer. They're all sponsored. I mean, that's the market keying that. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but Billy, they're proud of it. The way you and I, I mean, I'd be horrified. Well, it couldn't happen, but if somehow or another on my channel it was spot David Van sponsored by Pfizer, I'd die. <laughs> people are proud about it, but then they're pocketing the money, you see. And some of the GB people are, GB news people are as well. Some, not all, some of them. Well, I lost uh, a job through Stand Up Against This, and then I got another job, and I keep on mentioning it again because I can't stop myself. Like I went for the other day, I had to cool a wee bit. So I said to the guy, first day on the job, basically, you know, I've got a quote here, I'm on this line just to make you aware. Okay, I'm going yeah. He says, well, you better get a test then. No. I was like, test for what? He said, COVID. No. I was like, I don't believe in COVID, mate. No. <laughs> so he says, I don't care if you believe it or not, that's what we do. I says, well, I've not got COVID. It's just a cold. Aye, aye, on you go then. Right, cool. <laughs> but again, no. I couldn't, I, even, I couldn't just go, well, I wasn't going to get a test, that was for sure. Um, but I couldn't play along with the bullshit again. It's just... It's very admirable you do that because it's so easy to sort of go, yeah, okay, I'll take a test. You know, uh, I mean, uh, like you, I've I've completely untested. Why would I take a test for something that doesn't exist? I mean, uh, exactly. it's so you think about it, take a test for a non-existent virus. Uh, yeah. No thanks. And yet, you know, Billy, and this is one of the great concerns. If if you broke, let's say you had an accident and you had to go to A and E. Because you'd, you'd you'd maybe hurt your leg or something. Um, some within some A&Es anyway, they're still um, doing tests, right? <laughs> so if you get so you go in with because you've hurt your leg or your knee or something, you go in. They 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 kind of force you, and some some people are less resistant than you and I, so they uh-huh. might go along with that. And then guess what? Oh look, the test is positive. Uh-huh. Well, Billy, we're going to have to put you into the COVID ward. Uh-huh. And then, well, Billy, three months later, sorry, pal, uh, you can't get your next ten round because you're about to die. You know, it's, yeah. it, it, it is. It's 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 still. Well, well, my, my, girl, my girlfriend's got uh, diabetes, so she had uh, what was it DKA. DKA is pretty bad, right? So she's going to a coma, basically. It gets to there, and basically they wanted to test her, and she's like, no, I wasn't tested. And this woman, she was crying, saying no, and she was in that bad way. She forced it on her and really rammed it up her. Yeah. Next thing then, she's in a really bad way. Can I mean, near death's door, practically, and she gets put in a COVID ward. Was that the second time you went back? She went back a second time, got a yeah. test, and then they put her in a COVID ward, and it was like she was a leper. 
and she was like needing water and nobody was bringing her water for ages. It was just like treating her ridiculously yeah. bad, you know. I mean, this is supposed to be your care professionals. What happened to care? <laughs> well, well, I mean, the most dangerous place you can go is an NHS hospital. That's the truth of the matter. These yeah. places are are scary dangerous. And so um, I'd be very happy if I never, ever have to darken their doorsteps again. You know, just like going to your GP is also, I think, dangerous as well. Totally, yeah. I mean, yeah. the whole pharmaceutical industry, I actually got into the no virus thing because I watched the video of Don Lester, David Parker, and they've got a book, What Really Makes You Ill. Since then, I've yeah, interviewed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I interviewed them and became friends with them or whatever. So yeah. that, that, that book totally destroys the whole pharmaceutical industry. I mean, it's all based on, you know, Rockefeller yeah. and, and, you know, yeah. petrochemical drugs. They, that's not health. I've actually interviewed Andrew Kaufman a few times and a few other doctors, but Andrew Kaufman and Kelly Brogan and people like this, they're going down, you know, different routes for health. You know, proper health, basically mm. what the Chinese doctors, they say, you know, if everyone's healthy, the doctor gets paid because people are healthy. Yeah. They don't wait until they get ill. So it's like people should learn how to look after themselves better, you know, all the processed foods. And again, King Charles, or Lord King Charles, APL, he just said genetically modified foods are okay for everyone, you know. Yeah. Carte blanche and stuff like that. No, no, absolutely right. The, the thing is that, but the, there's no profit to be made right. on the, 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 the health, having a healthy life and, yeah. and not taking these stuff. I mean, um, I can't help but observe the fact that half the country probably is walking around rattling with the amount of oh, yeah. drugs that yeah. they've got in them. And so, I mean, and it's wrong, but it, it pays for nice holidays for doctors. Oh, yeah. It makes the pharmaceutical companies the profits they want. Yeah. And and it, and it just keeps going, Billy, you know? I mean, the good thing is, I think some of those in the truth community are busted right out of that, you know? Yeah. So we, we see it and we, we re- completely reject it, you know? I mean, and, yeah. uh, and and hopefully our numbers will grow because, you, you know, you can't get healthy at the, at the end of a needle. You, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> You just can't. But they try to convince people that they can't. During COVID, people were, well, you know, oh, thank God for the vaccines. I'm safe now. And you just cringe and die when they say stuff like that. You know, how can people be so thick as to think (laughs) the big pharma is looking out for them? Or, you know, but but then, of course, that's like thinking, well, the government has my best interests at heart. It doesn't. This is the game because people don't want to take responsibility. The thing about the, if you learn about no virus, then you realise the, yeah. the extent to, you know, you are responsible for your health. You can't catch illness for other people. So then, if you're going to eat shit, we'll be prepared for the consequences. That's right. That's right. But, yeah. but that's responsibility in eating. We need to take responsibility for our thoughts, our actions, our way of being, and try and have some kind of movement of raising consciousness, you know? Like, if, say, for instance, Scotland is bringing in this old way of being where the jury system was more, you know, people would need to be raised to a certain level of consciousness to be the jury, you know? Because that's the way it used to be. We're all kind of a good level. Yes. You know, we've been dumbed down. It's ridiculous how, how, you know, uneducated, shall we say. Yeah, but, I mean, this is something the the Romans understood, that if you wanted to rule over the the plebs, you know, you you, you provided bread and circuses for them. And it it worked then, and it still works. And the difference is we're the awake people. We see the breads and we see the circuses. Yeah. Um, but the majority are still dazzled by them to a greater or lesser degree. All yeah. we can hope for is over enough time, 
maybe more more of them will come onto our side. Or the comet. <laughs> Somebody mentioned that in your show last night because there is quite a lot of theories about the comet as well. Oh, God. I, I, I've been wishing for that sweet <laughs> asteroid of death for the last in years, but one of my mainstay things when I see the state of the some of these stories, I don't know about you. I, I mean, I pick up on so many stories, right? And, and some of them I look at and I just shake my head, and all I can go is, "Come, sweet asteroid of death, make it end," because uh, yeah. you know we 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 shouldn't be going on any further. This is the end, exactly. Yeah, hasn't come yet. Maybe it will though. I'm with you on that one. I think that's a good one to leave on <laughs> the end. <laughs> It's been a pleasure talking to you, David. Awesome stuff. Where can people find you? DavidVance.net and on Twitter. Yeah, you find me. Yeah, find me. Yeah, just stick David Vance into whatever, and, and inevitably I will come up. So uh, yeah, you can find my work over there. Uh, but uh, listen, Billy, a real pleasure to speak with you. Thank you again for the very kind invitation to come no, back. Just, to just, hold on, just hold on. We'll just say uh, who's been. There's been a few folk in the chat. We've had uh, Brookie Thirty, uh, John Lagan, or Lagan. Oh, John, I know John, yeah. Um, just they've been having a bit of chat. Noel, Chris Davies, and um, who else was there? John Carroll, Jess. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Um, yeah, we can, the comments have been quite interesting, so they've enjoyed our chat, I think, David. You're a great guest. You're welcome on again, so we'll get in touch with you if you want to come back on. My, my, my pleasure, Billy. Thank you very much indeed for having me, and thanks to all your viewers. I appreciate all your kind words, etc. Thank you so much, guys. I'm off to look for a comet of death right now. Cool. Okay. Bye for now. <laughs> Catch you later, David. All right, bye. <laughs> David Zosky, thanks everyone else for watching. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'll give you some background news and seeing as how you're here. Basically, um, we've got a Substack on the go, and I'm going to build that up. So it's billywatson.substack.com. You, you can subscribe for free, and I'll be putting all my interviews on there for free, and all my shooting the shits. I've uploaded 301 shooting the shits, so they're there. And there's some other content I'll be putting on there. And I'm going to start doing a daily kind of poem, I think, once I've got stuff uploaded in the background. So anyway, that's that one. Uh, I noticed David asked for a coffee the other day at the end of the show, so I'll ask for a donation if you're interested. I know John Lagan doesn't like to pay for watching stuff, but anyway, thanks for watching. If you can donate, there's a button underneath the thing on the website there. If not, no worries. Hope you enjoyed that. I'm back on, well, I'm planning on doing a shooting the shit sometime this week, but also Kelly Brogan on Monday, the 22nd. That's coming your way soon. So that should be a cracker. Thanks for watching, folks. I've already interviewed Kelly before. It's on my website. You can check that one out. Cheers and out. Bye-bye.